Okay. Let's pod the cast. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. We haven't done <clears> this in <throat> forever. No, it's been like no, I feel rusty. Special episodes for like months and months. First. Vacations <laughs> for like <laughs> ever and ever. Yeah. We're allowed off season breaks. <laughs> two weeks. Two whole weeks. <laughs> okay. But I'm excited. It's going to be good. Tonight, I'm trying to think Rogue of something Pod. that I can say. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Danny, Danny, I want to edit this episode tonight. JK, I'm going to just interrupt. <laughs> Gosh. Tonight, on a Rogue Padron. Good night, sweet Corin. Lore pats himself on the back for several pages. Wedge fights the good fight, and Tycho probably isn't as mad as he should be. I'm sure Heath will make up for it. It's so true. I will. <laughs> He's more than mad. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of Rogue Padron. Today we'll kick off um, the, our episodes with the Kratos Trap, uh, which is great and exciting. Sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. But anyway. <laughs> We're so excited, can't you tell? We're so By Michael like... A. Stackpole. <laughs> I'm just proud we're on Season 3. We've done good, guys. We've done so good. We have not become quitters yet. Quitters yet. and because you probably forgot because it's been like two terrible weeks without your favorite padron here's a quick reminder of your hosts since today's national superhero day i guess or at least the hashtag exists we have rogue three heath who if he had mundane superpowers he would have super speed but only for reading yeah i totally want that that is exactly what I would pick. <laughs> and we have Danny, Rogue Six, who could teleport, but only between rooms that are next to each other. Wait, can I can <laughs> I trade mine for Heath's? No. Oh. It's mine, Danny. <laughs> I'm going staff. to get you, but it'll take me a couple of hours because <laughs> well, I have to go room by room. <laughs> the adjacent rooms. Yeah. Wait, if the rooms are like really big at least you could like if you're in a convention center or something yeah yeah you could at least yeah. like teleport to the other room in the convention center which would like cover you have to wait in line That's right true, yeah. keep the time yeah. oh my god that would be so good in conventions you could just sneak into stuff see silver lining all right i'll take nope. it <laughs> rogue seven your mundane superpowers you can stretch your limbs all of mr fantastic but only to reach things on top shelves oh i want that so much <laughs> <laughs> i figured you'd be happy with that I'm so happy It's funny because she's short. Why are you and so I'm... mean to me? <laughs> We're all mean to each other. We didn't look at each other today. Oops. Um... <laughs> oh, oops. It's because I was late. It's all my fault. Everyone just be mean to me. And I'm Meg, rogue leader, and I obviously would have super strength, but only for taking out the trash or bringing in groceries. 
Oh, grocery super strength would be so good, though. Yeah, and we don't make two trips. It's not not allowed. <laughs> Never two trips with groceries. Well, speaking of taking out the trash, <laughs> it's a new season, and we are going to be trash-free. I'm just kidding. Who do you want to hook up in Rogue One, guys? Ooh, Diego Luna with everybody. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Like, everybody. Like, even Forrest Whitaker. Even Grandma Fancy Cape. Like, everybody. <laughs> I want Grandma Fancy Cape with Ray Sloan. Because she's going to be in it. Oh, yeah. Oh. I want Mama. Isn't he a little old for her, though, in that time frame? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> I want I want Mon Mothma and her lesbian wife. She's hook up. <laughs> Because yes. she's gonna have one. She's at least be an aunt. Yeah, she has to be. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping for Forrest Whitaker and Donnie Yen personally. Oh, I like Ooh, it. I, I like that. Breach well, yeah, again. Yeah. We're trash, but this better happen. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> and no one mentioned nope. Jin Urso, which I kind of appreciate actually. <laughs> well, I I couldn't think of any other ladies like in her age range. For that time, or her and Ray Sloan. Hera? That would be interesting. Hera's she's too busy rebelling. She, she's Who's Jin busy. or Hera? <laughs> I don't know how. Cause... Wait, no, I've got time so confused. Jin and Hera could be a thing, yeah. yeah Maybe Sabine be. would be a better age for. <gasps> yes. Jin or okay. Yeah. That'd be cute. That'd be that would be super cute. They'd be like such rebellious ladies or together. Or Leia, for that matter. Mm. I feel like Leia would still be too young. I feel like Leia's like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah, true. She's so busy. Also, Leia and Yvonne are going to end up together, so obviously. Yeah, so that's right. fine. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. clearly what where, where they'll end up 30 years from now. <laughs> clearly, yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, good shipping, guys. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> good trash talk. <laughs> <laughs> so let's now jump in to the first four chapters of the Kratos Trap. And the book opens a week after the liberation of Coruscant, and they are finally holding a memorial for Corin. Wedge wanted it to be a fairly private and intimate ordeal, but the Provisional Council obviously is a very different idea in order to honor a fallen hero among the most elite heroes. Corin ends up as a symbol, a victim of the Empire. And even the rogues' uniforms are changed from orange to green since Corrin always wore his corsac flight suits. That's a little much. Corrin wasn't that great. <laughs> no, they do not need to change their branding for Corrin. <laughs> I mean, I like green fashion, but I feel like like the orange is just it means something. Also, Corrin. Yeah, that's yeah, this whole thing, Wedge is like his inner monologue for these first few pages is just like, Corrin wouldn't want this. Corrin would prefer yeah. that we just have a nice quiet ceremony. And I'm like, are you kidding? Corrin would eat this up. Corrin yeah. <laughs> like, exactly would be like, but why didn't they all cut their hair to match mine? <laughs> I'm surprised Corrin hasn't faked his death previously to get this, actually. Just to see what would happen. He like keeps tabs on who would show up at his funeral. Maybe that did happen. Maybe he's in uh-huh. cahoots with Isard. Corrin's the spy. Oh my goodness. And it really is his love dungeon. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> Denny solved it. 
Danny solved every mystery. <laughs> we don't need to read the rest of the books. We've got it now. I All guess right. uh, this is Rogue too bad we signing are. off. <laughs> okay. Well, until we get to the point where Corrin reveals himself as the spy, there's a little bit more that goes on. So we find out that the sexy Bothan, Asir Salar, and Inyiri Forge have joined the rogues. Yay! And although they were appointed for political reasons, Wedge would have still wanted them in the unit since they did such a great job in the liberation of Coruscant. So in addition to Asir and Inyiri, Posh Spice, the Trandoshan from the Alien Combine, was also... Oh, was that Trandoshan? Yeah, yeah. The one who dropped the their like computer cell but they weren't supposed to drop that one because that was one of the good ones and then wedge had to play like the mind game i love that the one thing we know about this new (laughs) member of the most elite flying squad in the galaxy is that he dropped something once (laughs) and also his name is posh spice (laughs) he's super qualified (laughs) well well posh spice can't fly um clearly (laughs) <laughs> so it was really one of those political moves that of course wedge hates but he can't do anything about it so it'll just be like that for now the memorial ends up being huge like they actually built new structures and like a big podium and stage for it and it's also being recorded over Holonet. and it's supposed to be this event to unite the people of coruscant despite the instability of the world <clears throat> was Corrin the only person from the Rebel Alliance who died during the taking of Coruscant? You wouldn't think like, so, because I'm why? sure they had some like casualties in space. Right. Like, why? Why is it just focused on him? Why isn't it at least like a a group funeral kind of thing, like recognizing the many lives that were lost? Because it's Corrin, and it's also Corrin. Corrin can't share even after death. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. This is is exactly how he would have wanted it. Yep. So the rogues are all all up there, as well as their newfound friends, Yella, Mirax, and Winter. And they're they're up there basically to say, hey, it's Rogue Squadron. And hey, look, there's humans and aliens working together, trying to smooth over the fact that a ton of aliens are dying right now. Good job, guys. And... Wedge, of course, laments that Tycho is obviously not part of this group, as he is currently in prison. It's fine. Fine. It's fine. So as Isard predicted, Kratos is totally wrecking the non-human populations and causing a lot of strife between the two sides. The Republic, of course, has nowhere near enough Bacta to cure everyone infected, and their priority so far has just to been like cure the people within their own ranks and keep them from getting sick so it's not really shown how many people are dying but it's definitely probably in the millions wedge at the end of the ceremony serves up a a speech or a eulogy for corin and he basically just serves up truth that people need to work and One of my favorite excerpts from it, because it goes on for like four pages, and so it's kind of long. But Wedge says that the greater tragedy would be letting him be remembered as a faceless hero moldering in this cairn. He was a fighter, as all of us should be. The things he took upon himself might be enough to crush any 
to crush down any one person, but we can all accept a portion of that responsibility and bear it together. Others have talked about building a future that would honor Corrin and the others who have died fighting in the Empire, but the fact is that there's fighting yet to be done and before the building can begin. It's a good, so, it's a good one. It's true. It's, yeah. Because all the politicians are making their promises about how from now on it's the future and we can do all of these things together and vote for me. Whereas Wedge knows that they're nowhere near being done right now. And people have to look at the present before they can look at the future. I'm really glad we're getting Wedge's inner monologue because it's really kind of funny to see how he's like playing along with all this and from the outside it looks like he's on board but in his head this whole time he's just like this is so dumb this is so dumb i hate so dumb <laughs> yep welcome to being like middle class worker <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> this is the worst this is the worst uh but i have to do it yeah yeah thanks wedge And while Wedge really hopes that he's inspiring others, the politicians don't care much for his speech because he's undermining their facade of stability. But what else is new? Politicians probably never really liked Wedge. Our favorite politician, of course, Borsk, comes up to chat with Wedge after the ceremony. Wedge put in a petition to address the council to stop Tycho's trial. Good. Good Wedge. But Borsk is being the eggplant emoji that we all know he is. <laughs> tells Wedge that his eloquence won't save Tycho, but it could possibly reduce his sentence. So, uh, thanks. Thanks worst. for that vote of confidence. <laughs> the worst. In the next chapter, we go up to the secret tower layer of the Papa Palpatine counterinsurgency front, and Lore is ego tripping super hard. He's he is like really into himself in this chapter. <laughs> this chapter is basically all him talking. Well, it's he's retelling the backstory of what's happening, and he's just patting himself on the back. It's talking about how great he is the whole time. And there's one line that just really grossed me out. And he's thinking about Isard at this time. And he said, he thinks Kirtan lore had become certain that he could do all that she wanted. And yet more. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, buddy. Okay. <laughs> so kitten lore is the worst. <laughs> did you just call him kitten? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> I'm imagining him as one of those like hairless cats, just, like pacing oh, around be. and being very proud of himself and being yeah, like, she... "I'm so beautiful, I'm so wonderful." But especially like I'm if so he's a kitten, it means he's tiny and like really wrinkled and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing! He's kind of like Corin in this chapter. Oh yeah. Like, he laments the death of Corrin because he's never going to fight him again. Right. Even though, previously, he's always been terrified of Corrin. But he's still got his picture in his mirror with a heart around it. He'll never let that go. No. So, like I said, not a lot happens in this chapter besides kind of getting you up to speed if you forgot what happened in the other two books. And we do find or out just that just decided some... to pick up book three and start there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
whatever reason, we do find out that some of the Pal- Palpatine counterinsurgency force refer to General Kraken as the Kraken, which is excellent. Even though <laughs> I didn't know they had like deep sea Krakens in the Star Wars universe, but it's fine. It's apparently mythology. they exist. When the president called something like stupid. I can't think of anything good, but like tomatoes. I like tomatoes. Like the, the Kroken. Oh, I'd been so mad. <laughs> I'd been so mad. I'm glad we have the same, apparently have the same sense of humor as this group of insurgents. <laughs> right? Gosh. And we also find out, more seriously, we do find out that there are explosives planted all around Corrin's brand new memorial. And while Lore doesn't trigger the bombs right away, he's convinced that it wouldn't help the Empire regain authority to just take out Rogue Squadron and all of these politicians right at the get-go. We find out, of course, that Kratos is effing stuff up, (laughs) which we already knew. (laughs) Thank you for censoring that statement. You're welcome. (laughs) Listeners, that's not what it says in the show notes. (laughs) Ships are getting quarantined as they come in and out of Coruscant, and it's weakening the very tenuous economy that Coruscant has. And as Lore is watching and continuing to feel great about himself, he notices that everyone of importance is clear from the site, and Lore ignites the bombs. How compassionate. So compassionate. He let, like, one woman, like, free. (laughs) Right, he's so sadistic. He's just like watching from a distance, and then like, oh, now I'll now I'll blow this thing up. Wow, he's such a coward. So you know, casualties are probably a lot, but no one who quotation quotation marks matters. So he's still wreaking havoc, and Laura is just a creeper in like the last two paragraphs as he's talking to the hawk bats um, about how they can. Let's talk about the hawk bats. We can talk about the hawk bats. What is a hawk bat? (laughs) It is probably exactly what it sounds like. It's probably the size of a hawk, but a bat. Like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah, Yeah. it it totally adds to the creepy hairless cat imagery that we have going on right now. Is that there's like hawk bats flying around him, like out of a damp, dusty tower. (laughs) Yeah, they live there together. Yeah. (laughs) They're his friends. They're his only friends. They're, yeah, they're his only friends. <laughs> the hawk bats. The worst. Good hunting. Eat your fill. What? Uh, <laughs> so creepy. Uh, he's, he's telling the hawk bats that they can feast on the remains of the cat right. he caused. Yeah. That is just so Before awful. I am done, there will be more, much more for you to consume. Stop it. <laughs> Why are you like this? Lore changed a Lore, lot in why the are week you like this? since the last book. <laughs> he's changed a lot. Now that he's left in charge, I guess this is what happened. I kind of miss Kiritan Boar. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Don't ever leave him alone. Apparently he just becomes this. <laughs> right. Like, I charge. know Brian isn't a fan of the uh, X-Wing fuel consumption rate spiels, but <laughs> oh boy, it's almost better than Kitten here. <laughs> <laughs> so much better than kitten lore oh gosh so that was that exciting chapter Ugh. and then the next hopefully one hopefully that's the last time we see him for the rest of this book oh, I wish I could tell you that was true 
And we go to Wedge, who is now addressing the Provisional Council, and it's they just kind of glaze over the fact that this huge explosion just happened because it's nowhere mentioned in the next two chapters. So whatever, I guess. And I mean, that <clears> just kind of proves Kitten's point that no one important died. Yeah, because apparently no one gives a crap. So Wedge is a meeting, the Provisional Council, who happened to be using some of Mon Mothma's old chambers in Coruscant, which I thought was cute. Even though they're now really garishly decorated by the Imperials, but it's fine. Wedge knows that his petition is going to fail, and that he's only given this opportunity as a liberator of Coruscant, but he's going to try anyway, because he would basically do anything for Tycho. Cute. So cute. And also, like, I guess he's Wedge, so he's gonna persevere, even if he knows he's bound yeah, to probably fail. That's Rogue Squadron. basically what... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a good he's a good speaker. I bet he'll change their minds. Mm. Did you finish you the chapter? Oh. Yeah, Sorry, what now? Have you read? <laughs> the rest of- oh wait, are we supposed to read before we come on the podcast? Is that how this works? No, it doesn't really matter. Okay. So sometimes. I just Wedge- saw hawk bats and I I couldn't continue after you stopped. that. Yeah. So Wedge gives his opening argument and they call in uh, the Elder Kraken to speak about it. And we just get the the usual debrief on Tycho's past. Nothing, there wasn't any new information in there, except that Tycho was also implicated for the death of Bro Jace. And the Alliance also apparently found several very cushy bank accounts belonging to Tycho that are filled with Imperial credits. And I'm sure there's a perfectly reasonable explanation for everything. Yeah, he's getting paid to sell out the rogues. Stop it. <laughs> it's That's fine. What, what the Elder Kraken thinks. And then there's a little debate about, because it's so obvious and it's so easy, so there's a debate about whether or not this was all set up to convince them that Tycho is what Isard wants, or what Isard wants you to think it's what she wants. Or what do you think Isard wants you to think that it's what she wants? <laughs> so they kind this of go in way too much thing. Of, uh, of, is it too obvious or is it not obvious enough? So this is like that the wine in front of me thing from um, Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah, basically. And of course they get nowhere. And Wedge, being the impassioned man he is threatens to resign his commission in order to speak out about the injustices against Tycho. Sure. There's no way he'll regret that later on. No way. And, of course, at this, Leia, who is pretty close to Wedge, calls for a recess, and she talks to him and explains how fragile the New Republic is, and that the Council really can't interfere anyway, since it's a court-martial and therefore a military matter, and... She also kind of gives him background that there's no judiciary committee set up yet, so it's kind of open-ended what's going to happen with the trial. And Leia also reveals a secret, which is just a shout-out and a setup to the courtship of Princess Leia, that they might open relations to the Hapes Cluster, which is exactly what happens in courtship. But uh, spoilers. Leia... Spoilers? It's not really, it's just the plot. <laughs> <laughs> that Leia... Is- <laughs> It's like on the back of the book. 
<laughs> Not a spoiler, just literally the whole plot. <laughs> it's what's on the inside flap. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, uh. that he can't resign. He's needed to lead Rogue Squadron, especially to go get a shipment of, of Bacta that would save millions of lives. So Wedge's decision, with all the choices that he has, is to stay in Rogue Squadron, watch his friend be treated unfairly, but save a million of li- millions of lives, or quit Rogue Squadron, not save anybody, but then at least be able to advocate for Tycho. So I feel like that's a little unfair to Wedge. To basically say, oh, it's super if, if you don't lead Rogue Squadron, all these people will die. Literally, no one else in the entire galaxy can get this back to. <laughs> right. It's you or nothing, Wedge. Sorry, Wedge. Like, that was Leia just... being a little bit of a politician there, right? Yeah, yep. she was manipulating him for sure. Yeah. Because and... Wedge has a bit, like, we don't see it much, but he has a bit of an ego. He knows he's awesome. He's mm-hmm. from Corellia. And le- Leia here was, like, laying it on thick to, like, (laughs) get that out of him. And he was like, yeah, you're right. Yes. She knows how to deal with aliens. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. she does. (laughs) And so as he admits that, okay, I won't resign and I'll go do this mission, Leia, of course, wishes him, may the Force be with you. And Wedge responds back with, save the Force for Tycho. Ah, uh, so good. <laughs> Can we talk about something in this chapter that bothered me a little bit? Absolutely. So at the very beginning, Wedge is like walking in and they talk about um the Celestin who was exposed to the virus. Mm-hmm. And it says that they made another concession to the non-human members of the council by circulating a light Bactamist. Now, up until this point in the book, it has been like insinuated that Bacta is in kind of short supply. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it seem like they could, like, do something else other than just, like, have this constant Bactamist going on? They sure could, but they're the Provisional Council. I don't know. That really rubbed me the wrong way about the Provisional Council. Yeah. Like, people are... A bunch of aliens are suffering and dying because of this thing, and they need Bacta. And meanwhile, these non-humans who haven't even been exposed to it are just... Receiving their light back to mist throughout their entire meeting. It's just, that really bothered me. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not fair. And, but the problem is, if you look at like the non humans on the council, you can definitely see that probably Borsk was adamant about preventative measures and probably used the excuse that the Solaston councilman was already impacted. And, you know, it would be devastating if himself or the Wookiee delegate or Admiral Akbar yeah. was also affected by it. And Maybe the Wookiee delegate or Akbar, but I don't know about Borsk. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I couldn't, like, I could not imagine Akbar being like, you need to do this for right. me. Right, right. No, no way. No way. Yeah. Or even probably the delegate from Kashyyyk, because they're so selfless in general. And... Probably wouldn't be afraid of that. Right. But Borsk is a coward, so... Yep. Oops. 
Can we talk about something else from this chapter that did not bug me, but made me smile? Leia dropped a pun. She did? Where? She said, with her Kratos virus, Yuseni Isard has succeeded in driving a wedge between the human and non-human members of the New Republic. Um. Uh, Leia! I love Leia so much. Yeah, really good. Really good. I didn't even, that was so smooth, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice, no. Same. That's a good pun. Oh, Leia, you so sly. No wonder well why Han loves you. Gosh. Wait, did we touch on the fact that Kirtan had a pun as well in his chapter? What was his? Oh, like, when s- he was, like, talking about being, like, a titan or something, and then he was like, no, imperial or something like that. I remember entirely what it was, but I was like, ha, you dork. <laughs> <laughs> We just kind of glazed over Girton's chapter. <laughs> yup. Yup. But ty- talking about Tycho wasn't enough. So now we have to go visit Tycho in the next chapter, where Wedge and Nawara go to see him in prison. I'm sure it will and be fine and there will be no feels. Absolutely None. not. Nope. nope. So when Tycho's brought out by his guard, Wedge was probably going to hug him, but there's no touching in prison! So we unfortunately did not get that hugging, but I'm sure they really wanted to. I can feel it in my bones. So Tycho explains that although his guard is a bully, it's not actually the worst that he has to deal with. And he's convinced that the only thing that's kept him alive is that is the fact that he's in solitary confinement. Because a lot of the other guards are really eager to prove their loyalty to the Republic and... And a lot of the other inmates are really hoping that they can do something to put them in favor of whatever judge they're going to see in the future. And getting rid of a betrayer would probably look pretty good on some of their marks. So thank God Tycho is alone all the time. Yes. Wedge is super impassioned in this whole chapter. And, you know, ask Tycho why he's not freaking out because Wedge is freaking out. And Tycho explains that Although it's different because he's actually in like a prison facility this time. He's basically been a prisoner since he joined Rogue Squadron, since he went on house arrest. He's never escaped from the Empire this whole time. So for him, it's not that different. God, Tycho is such a goddamn hero. <laughs> Isn't he just? <laughs> too much. It's too much. He's so perf. He, so he puts perf. up with so much. Like I remember the our first episode when we were like, "Wow, Tycho is putting up with a lot to do this. That's pretty awesome." And it's literally just he has not caught a break since, except maybe last book he got like a little side adventure with M. Trey that was probably fun. But other than that, it's just been constant like skepticism and supervision, and now he's in freaking prison, and yeah, they're using him as a political symbol as well. And it's everything so is backwards in the world because Corin is the hero that we all deserve and Tycho is the traitor that we all hate. And he ain't even mad. I know. <laughs> right? What's wrong even, with you, like, uh, He's just like, but it's no big deal. Like, he doesn't this feel betrayed. This too shall pass. Like, he, everybody else feels betrayed, but he doesn't. And he's the one who's, uh Tycho. I hope we see... He's he's had some amazing composure throughout these first two books. I hope we see that fall away a little bit this time. 
Yeah. Like, I hope that this breaks him yeah, a little if, bit. And I, I, I know it like... sounds terrible to say, but, like, I want to see him experience, like, emotions about this. Because this sucks. Yeah. I would imagine Even that when we get to all the trial. of this is building up mm-hmm. a little bit. And that there's going to be some kind of event that's just like, okay, now Tycho has gone ham. Yeah. Yep. There's still a lot of the book left, so we will see. <clears throat> Tycho reminds Wedge that if the trial doesn't go well, Wedge could probably spring him from prison with no problems. <laughs> I loved this. <laughs> and of course, Noara is like, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that so we don't add conspiracy onto your charges. <laughs> good job, Noara. He's so good. The latest member of the Tycho's best defense team is actually Corrin's droid Whistler. And Whistler knows Corn well enough to know that Corn was wrong about Tycho. Because <laughs> <laughs> Whistler knows Corn well enough to know that. Why didn't Whistler tell Corin that he, he was probably wrong about did. Tycho? You know Corin. That's true. That's true. But because Whistler has specific experience and functions in order to solve crimes, he's the perfect member to, dro- to join this team. And we find out that there is a hitch, and the night that Corin thought he saw Tycho talking to Lore, he was really speaking with a Duros about Z-95 headhunters. But they can't find any trace of the Duros or his ship anywhere. So they have to find some trace of that in order to prove that Tycho wasn't just making it up. Doesn't help that all of the Duros are dead. Right, like 300 of them are dead. And yep. it's probably unidentifiable because their bodies like disintegrated. Yeah, and, and good luck finding a spaceship in Coruscant. <laughs> so we find out the prosecutor is Commander Hala Etik from Alderaan. She hadn't tried anything for seven years, but she's probably still pretty good and excited to take the case. Akbar, General Salm, and General Medine are going to serve as the judges for the trial. And Wedge and Tycho are willing to ch- take their chances with Salm on the jury. Because even though Salm has been like really suspicious of Tycho the whole time, he can't deny what he's seen of him. So wait, does this the mean def- that these three are going to make the decision, or there's a jury in addition to these three? I That was unclear. I feel like it'll be these three who will make the decision. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because isn't Akbar already like. Is Akbar not sold on his innocence? Or is Akbar like feeling political pressure right now? I feel like Akbar is just like totally impartial. Yeah, Akbar is impartial. He obviously has a soft spot for Wedge, but Akbar is also the head of the military. So he would have to be involved in some way. And. I don't think anyone views him as being impartial, so they felt like it was appropriate to include him. Because, really, General Maydeen is the only one who hasn't had interactions, as far as we know, with Tycho. Mm-hmm. And the other two, like, Akbar could favor Tycho as much as Psalm does not favor him. So, yeah, balance, that I guess. It- but I also don't know how court martials work and if there is a jury or not. <laughs> Maybe something we should look up. But later, later. 
Sure. Or maybe one of our listeners will tell us. Yep. Any lawyers like that. that listen to the podcast? Military lawyers. Hit us up. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Because it is different because Noir does mention that he's going to have Mtray help him to figure out the differences between civil court and then military court. And the their plan is to use the defense that Tycho has been framed because the easiest defense is the truth. Uh, is what Nawara says, which was beautiful. That's, so <laughs> good. That's a good Nawara-ism. Oh, so good. Nawara, Ven, I love you. And they all they have to do is really just plant the seeds of reasonable doubt due to the fact that all of the evidence against Tycho is circumstantial. And none of it points directly to anything. And it's all stuff that could be planted or, you know, randomly put in there without with, by somebody else. So we find out, unfortunately, the chapter ends on kind of a sad note. And since there's no appeal system in place, because they don't really have a, a whole system worked out yet, if Tycho is found guilty of treason and murder, he's going to be put to death. Nope. 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 And that's how nope. the chapter ends. Nope. That's not ideal. Not, not the best. Oh. Not the best outcome. But it's not going to happen. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Death seems so extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for, for like, a government that's trying to be not the Empire. <laughs> right. Like, what yeah. are you doing, Ruggles? Right. I'm not impressed with the rebellion so far in this book. No, between the Bacta mist that's unnecessary and yeah. this. Borsk. Come on, Borsk. Mm-hmm. Speaking of death, we asked you all a question last week. Or two wow. weeks ago, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, we if you remember our last our, <laughs> we You're great. <laughs> our, our last episode was the special episode on the Poe comic. So we asked... Which member of Rogue Squadron from either Rogue Squadron or Wedge's Gamble would you like to see interact with Poe? Hassan Scarborough said, my dream meet for Poe would be with Wedge. They'll talk about battles, their connections with the big three, and leadership. I would love to hear Poe and Wedge just talking leadership. (laughs) Nancy said, I want to see Wedge teaching Poe how to fly, obviously. Obviously. What a Wedge. That's a good one. Jay said, Minoc, just imagine Poe soothing the droid. It's okay, little buddy, stop screaming, I'll protect you. That's oh, too cute. So cute. Thank you, Jay. Poe loves droids. And Grandis said, Poe teams up with Wedge to teach Finn to be a pilot with sexy results. <laughs> I.e. Oh. Rogue Squadron by Meg Humphrey. Basically. <laughs> oh. That's how I would definitely rewrite that. <laughs> And our question for this week, jumping right back into the X-Wing books, is before joining Rogue Squadron, what do you think Noir Ven's toughest case was? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. So, there was um, this moon. That's no moon. No, in this case it was a moon. (laughs) Was it actually a moon? It was a moon. For a planet called Endor. Fell on a Wookiee. No, okay. And there was this big battle that took place there. And then okay. the Death Star blew up. 
and then okay. everyone left. But then a few months later, it was discovered that some of the rebels were missing, and they found their bodies on the moon of Endor with chew marks and blood everywhere. And Noara then had to defend the Ewoks that were put on trial for having eaten the rebels. It is tough. Were they guilty? Of course they were. No, no, no. He was their defense lawyer. <laughs> he had to prove that it wasn't them. That they actually Ven has never other? lost a case. I don't know. <laughs> they probably ate each other. I'm still workshopping they... this. <laughs> it was it was some weird indoor air disease that made them go crazy yes. and eat each other. That it was, was Noara's airtight defense. Ewoks, okay. <laughs> a weird indoor air disease was the culprit. <laughs> so Sounds eloquent. legit. So loquacious. That sounds like a tough case. I, I can't I'm think going, of anything. Go ahead. Oh. I was going to say that Noara retroactively won settlements for families of the members of the Jedi who were killed in Order 66. Wow. I like so that. Noara, Ven. I don't care that we just made that up, but that's so beautiful. I know, I want it now. <laughs> what a hero! <laughs> Everyone in the Rogue Squadron's a big damn hero. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get carried away. Not everyone. Okay. The people whose names and backstories we know are big damn heroes. <laughs> Minus Cornhorn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I didn't actually think about this question when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch enough, like, court dramas or anything. I only watch SVU, and I don't really want to bring any of that into this. No, that's not. <laughs> that, that's fair. I know. Or I've also watched Vampire Prosecutor, which is a Korean drama. Oh my god. Where, so, uh, prosecutors in Korea are a little bit different, and they have more contact with the police. And, um, but anyway, so he... He figures out these crimes because he can see in the past when he drinks people's blood. Anyway. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of Nawara. <laughs> I'll make up something <laughs> next time, I swear. Good. I'm going to pass pass until next time. Yep, me too. Me too, I'm sorry. We'll think, we'll think of something really good, though. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Maybe Nawara then had to prove in the case of Obi-Wan Kenobi versus the people, no, it'd be the people versus Obi-Wan Kenobi, that he did indeed remember having a droid. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the hardest thing ever. Right? Obi-Wan is very dead. (laughs) How do you, like, call a disembodied voice to the witness stand? I don't know, but Noara Venn did it. (laughs) He needed a Luke there to just Transcribe yeah. for Obi Wan. <laughs> no, can't Obi Wan. <laughs> so, if anyone has answers to our question that are better than Final Meg's lack of answers, <laughs> you can hit us up at Twitter at Rogue Podron. Um, our website is roguepodron.tumblr.com. Our email is roguepod at farfarawayradio.com, and we love getting emails a lot. And you can subscribe to us via Far Far Away Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, and Feedburner. Okay, and so join us next time for X-Wing, The Kratos Trap, chapters 5 through 9.
And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Pew, 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 pew. Cracking out. Cracking out. Posh Spice <laughs> out. Posh Spice out. Spice out. Oh my gosh, we have Passion Posh <laughs> now, don't we? Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Perfect. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. Do you ever just gesture so much while talking you hit yourself in the face? Yeah. Yeah. No. Good work, guys. <laughs> Good job having the cast, guys. We brought we it back. It. Even after some first, trouble. First episode. We got it. We did yep. it. We did the thing. I'm just so proud we're on we're on the third season. We've done so well. <laughs> like I said, That's when we measure cool. our seasons by ten episodes apiece. <laughs> it's, like, it's like setting the bar really low. What's I know, but it sounds so cool. <laughs> That's true. We had thirteen last time. We've done so well. Yeah, something like that. Very good. And, like, we sound so professional when we say season three. It does. <laughs> sounds so good. Yeah, at least something sounds professional. <laughs> at least one of them. <laughs> uh, uh, oops. Hey! Is it Heath? What's up? Hi, oh Heath. my god! We missed you. I'm so mad at my... Well, I don't know what's happening. Nothing was working. It's okay, because now you have the Padron. We're here now. We're doing the thing, potting the cast. You're safe. <laughs> safe. <laughs> Everyone You're is safe. warm here. Don't. We have you surrounded. <laughs> in a deep and warm embrace. Hey, ad-free okay. followers liked one of my tweets. Yay! Who did? They sound legit. They're called ad free followers in all capital letters. <laughs> oh wow. I get them a lot. <laughs> they seem to really like me.